This is God's word. Friends, it's absolutely true, and he gives it to us wherever we are because he loves us. Let me pray, and we'll jump in. Lord, thank you, for, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the gift of technology to see each other's faces. Thank you that you continue to work in our lives and through our lives. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you be at work right now through your words that we might know you and love you more and love one another. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So for movie night last last week, my, my family and I watched the new Disney movie Onward. Has anybody seen Onward yet? There was, a, there was actually like a special promo deal where Disney Plus was, was letting you guys watch it. Pretty, pretty amazing movie. I actually would highly recommend it. But it's a, it's a movie about, really it's about how to live with and a deal with being deprived of things that you really care about. And, and I'm not going to give too much away. The main plot is that these two brothers, Ian and Barley, uh, they lost their father. When Barley was a baby, that's the older brother, and Ian uh, was still uh, yet to be born. His mom was pregnant with him. And when Ian turns 16, him and his brother are given this wizard's wand that belonged to their father, and they find a spell that will bring back their father for just one day. But when they try the spell, it only works halfway. So their father comes back, but he only comes back from the waist down. And so they go on this epic adventure with these trousers, which is their father, uh, this quest to find what they need to bring their dad fully back. And the whole time they're talking about how all they want is to see their dad. And for Ian, the big story of his life is that he was deprived of knowing his dad. He was deprived of having memories with his dad, these things that he's longing for. And so it's, it's all about dealing with how, how, do we, how do we face life, things we've been deprived of. And Barley, the older brother, he's a little on the wild side, and his favorite thing in the world is his van. And it's this old, beat-up cargo van, which he's loving, lovingly restored, and he paints this huge white pegasus, like a horse with wings, on the side, and he calls it Guinevere, and he just adores this fan. And there's a moment on their quest where the police are chasing them through a mountain pass and they know their only chance of meeting their dad is to stop the police. And so Barley decides to take action. And he turns on the ignition of Guinevere the van and he aims her at this rock formation and he puts a, a, a big rock on the gas pedal and he lets her go. And she flies up the road and smashes the rocks and is completely destroyed as the rocks fall and block the path protecting them from the police. And Ian can't believe what his brother's doing. He's giving up the thing he loves the most, but Barley actually doesn't seem devastated in the moment. He actually seems happy. And he stands and he, he sort of salutes Guinevere with a smile on his face. He knows that giving up what he loves is actually going to give them a shot at their quest being fulfilled. And the, the movie struck me because the, the season that we're in because of uh, coronavirus and all the quarantining and social distancing and online classes and virtual everything, it's, it's been a season of being deprived of things that we care about, right? Deprived of relationships or experiences or opportunities or trips, life in college. And the question for us right now is, how do we live with it? How do we react to being deprived of things that we care about? And, and people answer that kind of question all, all different kinds of ways, but Jesus gives us the way that Christians answer that question. And, and I don't know, uh, I, I imagine some people are tuned in tonight who aren't Christians, but I, but I want us to look at the way that Jesus answers this question. Because Jesus teaches in Matthew 16 that not only should we have a good attitude about being deprived, but that being deprived is actually at the center of the heart of the life of a Christian. Jesus says, don't just endure being deprived do it to yourself. Like Barley, when he gave up his van, Guinevere, he teaches us to deny ourselves. And when Jesus says deny ourselves, what, what that means to me is this idea of pursuing the shedding of our control and the shedding of our advancement and the shedding of our own benefit. 
Jesus says we should deny ourselves, okay? And, and instead of me giving you three points like I usually do, Jesus actually gives a three-point sermon here, okay? So I'm just going to tell you Jesus' three points, okay? It's his reasons for why we, should, why we should deny ourselves, okay? And the first one is verse 25. This is, what, this is what Jesus says in verse 25. He says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Real life, and when I say real life, I'm thinking of uh, the kind of life that Jesus talks about in John 10 when he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's actually the passage that we're going we're gonna to pray through later. That that kind of real life that Jesus came to bring as the shepherd to his sheep, that life of peace and joy, it comes not when we seek it for ourselves. The kingdom of God, it inverts our instincts, and Jesus teaches that, that real life will actually come when we deny ourselves when we abandon the pursuit of our own gain. And so I, I don't know where you're at, but if you want real life right now, if you want peace and joy, the thing that Jesus invites us to and calls us to is to actually abandon the ways that we're desperately trying to maintain control and desperately trying to ensure advancement and desperately trying to achieve some kind of benefit for ourselves. He says, those things that we try to do are actually not the way to life and peace. It comes when we deny ourselves. That's, that's, that's his first point. Whoever saves his life will lose it. His second point is in verse 26. He says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? This is the question of this week. We're doing questions this semester, right? The question is, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul. So what Jesus is saying is this, if you were somehow to succeed in the pursuit of your own control or your own advancement or of your own benefit, you'll lose your soul. He's saying that kind of pursuit, it's just not worth it. You actually need to let go of it because you're, you're at risk. Jesus knows how strong the temptation is for us to pursue our own lives. And he says, it's not worth it because if you were to get it, you'll never be satisfied. You'll always want more. You'll want more control. You'll want more success, more notoriety, more money, more influence, and you'll go deeper and deeper into darkness, and your eyes will start to stray to the cross of Christ less and less often until your soul is, is hardened. Jesus says don't pursue personal gain because it requires that you pay too high a price. It's actually going to cost you your soul. That's, that's point number two. And then point number three from Jesus is in verse 27 where he says, For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. This is the eternal perspective. Jesus is he's reminding us that, that this moment, this week, this season of life, this semester at home, this whole coronavirus thing, in the grand scheme of eternity, it's actually nothing. It's actually just a flash in the pan. It's like a blade of grass that shoots up and then withers and fades. So we have to remember that Jesus, who died and who rose to heaven, is returning. And when he does, he's going to bring these eternal realities to us. He's going to bring eternal judgment on those who have pursued their own way. And he's going to bring eternal reward on those who have pursued him. So he's saying gaining personal reward, personal control and advancement and benefit now, it's, it's nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus now and the perpetual joy that we'll experience with him forever. 
Don't pursue your own advancement and control and benefit. You actually have to deny yourself and to follow him. And the beauty is that in this season of denial of loss, when if you're like me, we've been obsessing over what we've been deprived of and what we might lose in the future, Jesus' word to us is simply follow me. It's the same thing he invites us to all the time. He's saying, you know, you're right to be worried about losing something, but you're worried about losing the wrong things. Because the reality is the thing that we most need not to lose, we can't. He's saying, you cannot ever lose me and my love. You cannot ever be deprived of me and my love. You cannot ever be taken away from me and my love. And the way we know it is the thing that we'll experience as we worship and we celebrate his resurrection from death on Easter in in just a few days, that in Jesus' resurrection from the dead, he destroyed loss. He destroyed deprivation. He destroyed death so that all that is left in him is life. He's where real life is. So I got, I got a couple suggestions tonight by, by way of application here, okay? A couple suggestions. The, the first is this, is, is to ask yourself the question, where do you feel the temptation in this season to keep fighting for control and for advancement and for your own benefit here during COVID-19? Where, where do you feel yourself still trying to fight for those things? Jesus calls us to, re, to repent of how we're trying to gain the world to save our own life. He says, don't, don't do it. We need, to, we need to repent when we recognize those things. The, the second thing is to ask Jesus to give us hearts that might love and celebrate denial because when we lose things, we actually find life. And, and I don't know about you, get a little show of hands. How many people gave up something for Lent this year? Uh, a number of you did. I, 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 had, I gave up things for Lent, and then as soon as everything changed in my life with coronavirus, all the things that I gave up, like I just totally forgot about it. But then all these other things were taken from me. It's like this weird season where all of us collectively were invited into this season where we where were connected with what Jesus gave up because we've had to give up all these, all these things. I, I would pray that we might celebrate, that he would give us hearts to actually rejoice in what we've had to to deny because he says that when we lose we find we find life we gain our souls we draw nearer to our reward jesus who who denied himself life invites us to this because he conquered death he conquered denial and loss and he is our life and then lastly i'd say this he you know he says to take up your cross and to follow him and and when you guys are on campus, I have, I have a lot of conversations about things like praying and reading our Bibles and participating in fellowship and worship and service. And, and for many of you, these things are really important, but it often feels like there's just not enough time, right? Like in the midst of all we've been deprived of right now, one of the benefits for our souls in this season is that we actually have some time. And so that's my challenge to you, to, to make time to follow Jesus, to use this as an opportunity to go deeper with the one who gave his life so that you might find yours. He tells us to take up our cross and to follow him. And when Jesus talks about following him, his, his favorite image, one of the Bible's favorite image is that of a sheep following a shepherd. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at, at a passage where Jesus describes our relationship with him just like that. I, I mentioned it earlier. It's from John 10. Uh, this is one of... Uh, it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and we're going to use it as our guide for our time of corporate prayer. So I want to, I want to remind you what we're going to do. I've got, uh, we've got four or five students who are going to read sections of this passage from John 10. 
And like we've done in the past, we're going to have uh, a pause after each section in between the readings. And, and that's an opportunity for you guys to pray. And so I would implore you and invite you if you feel led. That's the time for us to pray together out loud. So please unmute yourself and pray out loud so that we can be blessed by hearing your prayer. And then after a few people have prayed out loud, the next person will, will read the next line. So, so let's use this as, as an opportunity right now. We're going we're gonna to put on the screen as an opportunity right now to try to practice this, to try to, to try to stop pursuing ourselves and our own lives and to follow him. So I'm going to uh, ask Claire to start us off. She's the first reader, and she's going to read, and there will be a time for you to, to um, unmute yourself, pray out loud, and then we'll move on. So let's enter this time, and Claire, go ahead and read it, please. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus, thank you that you are our shepherd and that you are the door to life and to full joy and complete joy now and always. Thank you that we can know you now um, and we can continue to know you eternally as well. I pray that we will just be excited to listen to your voice and follow where you want us to go. Even now while we're home and doing things in a different way than we expected, I pray that our trust will just